Well, good morning, friends. This is being taped for Tuesday, uh, January 26th, and I pray that you are well. Um, we're still in our series, The Passion of Jesus Christ, from the book by the same name by John Piper. I have obviously a lot of my own opinions and things that I'll share today, uh, but I want to share some things from John Piper, uh, Pastor, and then also things that God has laid on my heart to share with you. I pray that you have your Bible. If you don't, go ahead and go grab it. Grab your note cards, whatever you do to take notes. Uh, put in your headphones like Teresa, who's walking probably or running, listening to this on her headphones. Uh, but God bless you. Turn to Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And verse 7, it's on page 763 in my Bible. I don't know if that helps you. Just kidding. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's right after Psalms and Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes, and then Song of Solomon. Um, so Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 says, uh, He, God, has made everything beautiful in his time, in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. God has placed eternity in our hearts. There is this desire in all of us to understand what is going on in this world. There's a uh, desire to, um, to live a life that, uh, that is valuable, that is worthwhile. Um, I want you to go now to the New Testament um, to the book of John, we're going to go to a familiar portion of scripture in John chapter three, John chapter three, uh, speaking of um, eternity and this life and what is it about um, as you're looking for John chapter three, verses 16 through 19. Um, at the time of this taping, um, I've just recently been involved in a situation with a family um, uh, where the ex-husband uh, and the father of three uh, went over to his ex-wife's house and hung himself in the front yard. Um, I don't know why people do these things. Um, uh, but it's difficult because I'd known him for quite a few years and spent time trying to counsel them, to spend time to work with them. But I, I haven't seen him in a long time. They divorced and he walked away. And, and, uh, but they've been talking recently and, and uh, she's been trying to encourage him to get back with me, uh, to talk to me, to, to talk to somebody. And he chose not to do that. And they found him first thing in the morning. The other day he had hung himself um, and his uh, young son, 20-year-old, found him. We have a tendency in our society today to, to glamorize death as this ultimate outcome. Or, um, and suicide has been glamorized in, over the last few years um, as uh, the ultimate free will, the ultimate choice. You can take your life. Um, and really, we've been taught for so long that uh, kids have been taught that, that, that we're just a cosmic accident, and that life really doesn't matter. And yet, John 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If life is not valuable, then God, why would God give his most valuable asset, his Son? And why would Jesus willingly come, John 1, 14, and wrap himself in human flesh? Why would he do that? 
It's because life matters. Let's go on. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, because there is no other way. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I'm the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I can see that this is probably going to be a two-parter. There's so much to share with you, and I want to share with you because life is valuable. And can I tell you, it's not just your life and mine. With what's going on in our world today and the chaos and all that's going on, we need to be the most evangelistic people because we have the greatest answer and really the only answer for people's problems. And it's the answer, Christ Jesus. It's the truth, Christ Jesus. When he stood before Pilate and and Pilate asked him uh, what is truth before Um, Jesus could even answer Pilate walked away because he really didn't want to know because his truth was what he wanted to know and he believed that he was in power and even the scripture says that Pilate was given that power because he was a part of this process part of this plan of God to bring man and God back together again because he has placed eternity in our hearts meaning that we will live forever and, and I don't know what your belief is. Uh, I've talked to people who say, once you're dead, you're dead. And I've said, well, you better hope you're right. Right? You better hope you're right. You're banking on this. You're banking on that. I've heard other people say that after death, there's this annihilation. Well, you better hope that you're right. Because I believe, and the Bible teaches, that that's not the way it is. That we live everlasting in one of two places. We live forever. People say, well, hell's just temporary and and heaven is permanent. No, the same word everlasting that talks about everlasting blessing in heaven is the same word everlasting for everlasting punishment. Is that something that I like to talk about? Absolutely not. But it's something that is necessary. It's part of the full counsel of God. It's part of the gospel. The good news is that Jesus Christ came that we wouldn't spend an eternity away from him. He gave his last breath, the blood from his body, his body to be beaten so that you and I would have a relationship with him. And you and I who know him, if you know him, have this huge blessing and responsibility to share with others that there's a God that's madly in love with them. Look at verse 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. There is a, a choice that's made every day in your life and in mine on how we will live and the way that we will respond, the things that we will do for people or to people. There, every single day we, we get up with a brand new 24 hours, we believe, and what will we do with it? Jesus grabbed his disciples and when he, with these words, uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me and let's have a Bible study. Follow me and let's get together on Sunday morning and and, uh, break bread and let's get together and sing a few songs and and have, no, no, he said, let's get together and uh, I want to draw you to myself so I can train you and then I want to send you out so that you can minister to others. Look at John chapter three, verse 36. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not 
shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Remember, the first thing that we talked about in this series was that Jesus came so that the, he could absorb the wrath of God, not remove it, but he absorbed it in his body. He absorbed it, paid the price for your sin and for mine. Turn back to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark chapter 9. Most theologians believe that Mark was the first one written, even though we know and we understand that Mark didn't, uh, wasn't an original disciple, uh, but he wrote from the perspective of Peter, who was his mentor. Mark chapter 9, verse 47, and if you your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where the worm does not die and fire is not quenched. This is Jesus talking about hell, talking about a literal hell. Um, and he's talking about um, how f- serious this is and how serious the decisions we make are that we shouldn't be involved in any kind of sin. And, and, uh, and I'm not telling you to go pluck your eye out if you've sinned or cut your hand off if you've sinned. He, I'm just talking about the seriousness, and that's what Jesus is talking about, the seriousness of our sin, that there is a real heaven to gain and a real hell to miss. Look at... 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says this. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. I know that you're going through some difficult times. I know that this COVID situation has gone on for a long time. I know that some of you have struggled with work and jobs and and health and family and isolation and all of these things. Can I tell you that God has prepared for you something greater because you know him, because you've submitted your life to him. But does your neighbor know him? Does my neighbor know him? We're getting ready to move into a house in a different neighborhood, and we've been driving through the neighborhood praying for our future neighbors, that we would be good neighbors and that, that we would have a relationship with them. And if they don't know Jesus, that God would open up doors for us to be able to minister to them. Um, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly because of whom who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies... For in this hope we um, were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for whose hopes for what they already see. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it patiently. What in the world does all that mean? At Adam's sin, the creation fell as well. The earth was cursed as well. And that's why we see the earth groaning and we see the movements and we see the changing and we see all that's going on. And it's not just you and I that groan. It's not just you and I that that uh, want 
Jesus Christ to to be fulfilled in our lives and the fulfill the ultimate fulfillment is his return to take us home or our 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 return to him turn to 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 58 Paul teaching about death and he says I tell you this brothers flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep where we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trump will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed, for this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, written death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? Um, oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Knowing this, that there's coming a time when this perishable body will put on uh, the imperishable, the, the mortal body will become immortal and we'll have those new bodies and we'll spend an eternity with Christ. What should we be doing? We should be about the work because that work will continue and that work um, is, is not in vain. Jesus says this in John chapter 17. Verses one through three, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven in front of now, in front of those who he loved. He lifted up his eyes to seven to heaven, said, Father, the hours come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that you would know God. You would know his son, Jesus Christ. You would know the word who came and wrapped himself in human flesh, John 1, 14, to pay a price that was beyond anything that anybody could do. The perfect sacrifice, the God-man, the one who would come, and John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He would come and be a sacrifice for you and I, but not just for you and I, but for others. And we don't know who those others are. So our responsibility is not to look at them and say, I think they're in or I think they're out. Our responsibility is to share the love of God with them. And during this time with so much going on, can I tell you, we cannot sit back idly and just pack our bags and wait for heaven. We need to be about the work of the Lord. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.